Good Shepherd. Happy Easter. We welcome those of you here and those online. Please share your presence with us with a text or a comment. Also, share your prayers and praises as well. Event info has been rolling on your screen. I hope you've been watching. Everything you need to know is in your bulletin. Here are some quick highlights. The food pantry this week needs our individually wrapped snacks for our school, Jean Brown Elementary. No nuts, please. Wednesday Night Grow resumes this week. Um, The Easter lilies today are given in honor and memory of various loved ones. The insert in your bulletin has the names of those they are dedicated to. We also have, oh, this is the did you know. Did you know? We have a printed copy of the newsletter. And on the back of it, those are located on the table in the front and in the back. And on the back of it, if you would like a digital copy, just scan the QR code on the back and register your email. That is all I have for this morning. Let's worship, family. Let's stand as we call ourselves into worship. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Amen. Amen. One, two, three, four. Say goodbye to my yesterdays ever since I'm 
Amen. The lighting of the Paschal candle. The light of Christ rises in glory, overcoming the darkness of sin and death. Accept this Easter candle, a flame divided but undimmed, a pillar of fire that glows in your honor. Let it mingle with the lights of heaven and continue bravely burning to dispel the darkness of the night. this morning. Let's sing Christ the Lord is risen today. Thank you. 
you today, and we thank you for your son, that we can have eternal victory. Thank you for this time of worship. Amen. Amen. Let us remain standing as we declare what we believe on this Easter morning. We believe in an astounding God who surprises us on Easter morning, who reveals through an empty tomb how overflowingly full of God the creation is. We believe in God who is light in the darkness, who never gives up on love, who is always working for our good, who weeps when we weep and laughs when we laugh, who calls us to be more than we are as God relentlessly transforms our tears into hallelujahs. We believe in the Christ present at, in, in creation, heard in the words of prophets, enfleshed in the birth of a long-sought Messiah, alive in the lessons taught to Jesus, Not stuck in a tomb of despair, nailed to a cross or buried in the past, but living forever and walking with us on our journeys today, seen in our stories, present in everything we can see, touch, and imagine. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the invisible presence of God, the joy, hope, and peace of possibilities opening all around us all the time. We believe the Spirit calls us to community, to compassion, to welcome, and to acts of mercy and justice so that the whole world will quiver with the wonder and hope. We are the people of faith in the risen Christ, and we see our Christ in everyone and in everything. We strive to live in such a way that the world will see Christ rising again in us and through us with the message of Easter. God cannot be contained, not by books, not by traditions, not by institutions, and not by tombs. God lives Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen. You may be seated. Sunday changes everything. The stone has been rolled away. The women have received a message. The soldiers have retreated in fear. The disciples have run to the tomb. Sunday changes everything. Doubts are put in their place. Miracles are performed. The disciples eat breakfast made by the king. Jesus is on the loose. And because Jesus is on the loose, death is conquered. Funeral clothes are cast aside. Light shines forth from the tomb. Hope crushes fear. Faith conquers doubt. Belief moves mountains. Relationship consumes religion. God's love wins. Jesus changes everything. Because Jesus is on the loose, your tears are wiped away. Your sin is washed away. Your life will never be the same. Jesus changes everything. And because Jesus changes everything, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus changes everything. Amen. We're going to do our 
prayers a little bit differently this morning. Uh, Our prayers to the people are going to be a participatory prayer. So you will have responses as we pause a moment to to pray. We do want to continue to lift up those who are celebrating this week. Uh, We'll do birthdays and anniversaries again next week for those who may have one this week. But we also want to keep in mind those things which lay close to our heart as we pray this prayer together. Sing aloud, O mothers and sons, fathers and daughters, sisters and brothers. Rejoice and exalt with all our hearts. Let us offer our prayers and thanksgiving with one voice, calling out the good news. We pray for all faithful people, for every human human soul that turns to God in longing and love. Today and every day, pull us out of the graves and into your life. We pray for the nations of the earth, for those in authority and for those under authority. Come from the four winds, O breath of life, and we shall live together in peace. We pray for this world, our garden home, for the rain and the snow and the seed and the sprout, for the birthing room and for the last place of rest for every new creation. We pray for those who are sick and suffering, for anyone who needs extra help just now. We pray especially for those we've lifted up in our hearts today, aloud and and in our hearts. Living Lord, renew them in your love. We pray for those who have died and for all those who mourn. We pray especially for those we've lifted up in our hearts, Eternal One, bring them home and gather them in. With joy and exultation, we give thanks for the triumph of life over death, offering special thanks for those whose joys, sorrows, challenges, and delights are in our hearts and those we name. We are amazed at what has happened. Holy One, even before we call you, you answer. While we were yet speaking, you hear. We offer up these prayers in the name of the risen Christ, our Savior, Redeemer, and Friend. As we listen to the Lord's Prayer.
Early. 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 On the first day of the week, while it was still. Dark. Dark. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came. Running. 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 So to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth he had been wrapped, that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. Then the disciple went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, She bent over to look in the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. Two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus. 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 Standing there alone, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni. Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. Go. 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 Instead of my brothers, and tell them I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, and this is what he said to me. We're going to uh, take our offering a bit differently in this uh, service today as well. I will, as you come up for communion, uh, the plates are up in the front, but as we dedicate the, our offerings to God, now is the time for you to bring up your Lenten boxes if you've been participating in our Lenten uh, collection this week uh, or this Lenten season. So let us pray and dedicate those offerings and then they will sing. Let's pray together. Holy and awesome God, we give you thanks for all the blessings that you have given to us. We thank you for this opportunity to return to you the blessings that you have given us to help us be mindful of those things that that we have taken for granted during our Lenten time together, but that we have realized how blessed we are. And Lord, we ask that as as these offerings come, that, that you receive them and that you use them to further your work in this community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He who was before there was light Walked across the pages of time He who made every living 
You may be seated. Hear the words from the Gospel of Mark, the 16th chapter. When Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so they might anoint, go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Word of God to the people of God. Be to God. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Welcome to Good Shepherd United Methodist Church this morning. Thanks for being here with us on this glorious resurrection day. We're glad that you've chosen to worship with us here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church this morning. Everyone worshiping with us, whether you're here in the house, whether you're online, you are members of Good Shepherd United Methodist Church family. And if, you, if this is your first time visiting with us, you are now part of the family, so welcome aboard. Thank you for being with us. Let's take a moment this morning to wave each other here in the house and those online so that we can make that family connection. If you see a face that you don't recognize or you haven't seen in a while, uh, welcome them to Good Shepherd. Introduce yourself. If you're online, please comment uh, that you're here uh, and leave your prayer request so that we can pray for those this week. And we, we, we love hearing from you. I'm Pastor Regina, for those of you who may not know, and I'm looking forward to spending the next few minutes with you. We're blessed this Easter morning that it's more normal this year than it has been in the previous few years. We are no longer isolated from our friends and family because of an uncontrolled virus. We're no longer bound by unforeseeable circumstances. We're no longer waiting for that next update on how we can safely conduct our public lives. We've moved on as a society, as a church family, and as individuals to a new normal that resembles our old one, but with greater appreciation for community, new adventures, and God-sized dreams. Unlike the first Easter worshipers, we, we sit here this morning uh, beyond the grief of unknown outcomes, past the anxiety of, of what's to come, and outside of the realm of terror and despair as it relates to the crucifixion of Jesus. However, the circumstances of our world today can bring about some of these same feelings. When the chaos of our 21st century overwhelms us, it's much like where they were on that first century uh, followers as they found themselves on Friday. They were shocked by the quickly changing tide of the celebratory crowd of the previous Sunday who were now shouting, Crucify Him instead of Hosanna. The closest disciples had experienced denial of Jesus as a mock trial had ensued. Fear of the unknown, doubt of their faith, 
devastation of all their future plans became reality when Jesus was nailed to the cross, pronounced dead, and laid in a borrowed tomb. The disciples didn't know what we know now. Jesus was about to walk out of that grave and redeem God's people forevermore. The women who followed Jesus were preparing to anoint the body after the Sabbath. They were about to experience a surprise of their lives. Now, that Mark's gospel focuses on a blend of terror and amazement that Jesus' followers experienced that first Easter morning. We, too, can grasp hold of these emotions as we experience Jesus' resurrection, not only today, but every day. Now, that resurrection story we find in Mark's gospel, it kind of has a weird ending. The original eight verses that we read this morning leaves us believing that the woman and the young man present at the tomb just fled out of terror and amazement. Now, the longer ending of Mark's gospel, which some scholars believe was added in parts much later, was probably due to this abrupt ending. For all we know, there's a record of of post-resurrection sightings still out there that we haven't seen yet. But what we know for sure is that we are, would not be here today unless somebody told someone what had happened. Today's ending was short and anticlimactic for such a glorious story. But after the shock wore off, these witnesses, they had more to say. Now most of us are familiar with the two accounts of the resurrection that we've heard earlier this morning with which blended together, they give us a clearer picture of the chaos that was that first Easter morning and those ensuing hours. It's not totally clear which women were present at the tomb. They were, they were going to care for a dead body, whoever they were. Now we know there's lots of Marys. There's Mary Magdalene, Mary Martha's sister, some other Mary, maybe Mary James' mother or even James's, uh, Jesus' mother Mary. Perhaps the mother of James and John. Who knows? You, you know, Zebedee's wife. But now, now we have two Jameses mentioned. And, and which one is that the Salome belongs to James? It's also confusing. Bottom line is we don't really know who was there to the tomb. But we know that they, what they were going there to do or, or trying to do. Their intent was to anoint and prepare a body for Jesus' burial. The practice of anointing and preparing a body for burial was actually to aid the decaying process. The spices helped the smell and accelerated the decomposition. The ancient practice of burial took about a year for the body to decay, and which left only the bones which were later collected in a box that we call an ossuary, and then they placed that in a different section of the tomb. Now Mark's gospel didn't really concentrate on what the woman did, but what they didn't do. They didn't anoint the body because there was nobody to anoint. Then there, there was an eerily familiar young man that was present. Remember that garden and the violence and betrayal? Mark's gospel mentions a young man wearing nothing but a linen cloth who, who was seized and ran away naked. But the young man we meet who meets the woman at the, at the open tomb is clothed in a white robe and tells the women that Jesus is not here but has been raised. One man was terrified. Another set in complete confidence of eternal life. He is not interested in the tomb and its contents, but in what was not there, Jesus. 
This young man was absorbed with the fact that Jesus was alive, had risen from the dead, and had walked out of this tomb. Now, we don't know for sure who this young man is, but because the story is not about him, but about a risen Savior who is on a new mission. This young man points to Jesus' new mission by telling the women what Jesus had said. Go tell his disciples and Peter, who had denied knowing Jesus, to meet Jesus in Galilee. The woman had come with one mission, but they had left with another. These women could not accomplish their first mission because it was no longer necessary. The task of death were no longer needed. Death's attitude was obsolete. Death had been defeated and life was the victory. The women, whoever they were, had a new mission, one that spoke life. Go and tell the disciples, Peter, and anyone who will listen that Jesus is alive. Peter, who had denied Jesus three times, was included in this good news. Peter, the one who we last saw sobbing in a crumbled heap of regret and failure, was incorporated into the Easter message of life. Peter, the person in all of us that feels unworthy to hear the good news that Christ is alive, was embraced in the story that Jesus wants us to know. He is alive and we are forgiven. Can I get an amen there? Come on, wake up. Peter did nothing to deserve this inclusion. Neither did the women because they said nothing out of fear. Neither have we done anything to make this Easter moment happen or be included in this merciful blessing. Jesus is the only one who did anything to make this moment happen. Notice in Mark's account of the climactic ending to, a, to an emotionally charged week, Jesus doesn't even appear in the original ending. We don't see him walking out of the tomb or shouting bazinga behind a stone that had been rolled away. We don't see him appear to the women in the garden. We hear only an admonition that Jesus will meet you, meet you where you live, actually. He is already ahead of you. So get moving. Go. You won't want to miss the miracle of Easter. This is the command of Easter. Go. Go and tell. This is our mission, too. We run to catch up with Easter. We go find the one who has gone before us, searching for the one who was raised for us. We don't deserve such a wonderful gift. We did nothing. Easter is, Easter was, and Easter always will be a miraculous gift from God. This is the lessons Mark's gospel teaches us. The story's not ours. It's not our doing. God is the actor. God is the doing. The story is a divine one. Humanity is but a mention. Yet we are someone because of Easter. We are someone because of God's gift of grace. We are a new creation. Not because we deserve it, but because gives it because God gives it to us unconditionally. We have hope of eternal life, not because we claim it, but because God gives it to us unmercifully. We have these gifts because of the resurrected Jesus who leads us home. Home to a place where we've promised, 
where he has promised he will meet us, home where we will see him as he is, alive and well and on a mission of love. Yes, those at the empty tomb on Easter morning were amazed and terrified. Amazed because of what had happened, but terrified because everything had changed. Things were new and uncertain. Does that sound familiar? We too have been through a a pretty amazing year. With God's amazing providence, we have paid off a decade-long debt. We have begun to dream new God-sized dreams. We are moving forward as a leadership, as a church family, and as individuals to be who God is calling us to be. We continue to move forward because a risen Lord goes before us and is already there. (coughs) We are an Easter people, a people of hope, not terror, a people of amazement in what God can do. We have hope in a future where ministry surpasses merchandise, where love of God and neighbor outshines the cloud of hate and indifference, where unity transforms disarray, where future dreams and goals exceed the anxiety and and excuses of past roadblocks. Resurrection is a sign of hope as we look at post-resurrection stories. Hope is finally here. That's the focus for the post-resurrection people. For us, the work of Easter has just begun. We have been changed. There is a new mission ahead of us. May we accept the excitement ahead and not be afraid to go into the world. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. We were not created to live stagnant lives, to be stuck, bound, or broken. We were created with a purpose, a calling, a mandate, a mission. Even in these uncertain times, that calling remains the same, to go into the world to make disciples, to share the love of Jesus. This is the work of Easter. The greatness of God, the power of the resurrection in action. What Jesus did has changed us, made us a new creation, given us an unimaginable hope. Grace has taken root. Mercy has flooded our souls, and the promise of eternity has redefined our everything. So why keep all that to ourselves? It's time to put Easter in motion, to make a difference, to share Jesus with the world around us. If your life has been changed, It's time to get to work. We got work to do. Go tell that Jesus Christ is risen. Amen. As we move into a time, as our children join us back this morning, and we move into a time of Holy Communion, the uh, responses will be on the screen.
and everyone is invited. Christ the Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, You gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead, and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, He took the cup, gave thanks to you, and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, on the day you were raised from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, Your church has continued in the breaking of the bread 
and the sharing of the cup. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. If those who are helping me serve will come forward, please. served by intention this morning. I'll take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup. The altar is open for all who wish to stay and pray. This is not the United Methodist table. This is not the uh, Good Shepherd table. This is the table of Christ and all are welcome. We do have gluten-free options available and we have single serving options if you're not uh, comfortable with intention. So come, let us feast.
Amen.